0: So previously here on uh, 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 the sermon series here, we've talked about how we've been born into the body, all right? It's not optional. It's not like a social club, like the YMCA, I pay my dues, I get what I want. It's optional. I show up to Girl Scouts or or some kind of FFA club at school or the Elks Club or whatever it may be. This isn't optional. This is part of the work of Jesus. This is how we experience Christ through each other. We've been born into the body, and we all have gifts. We all have a role to play. The body can't be the body without all the parts working. It's the image that God gives us in his word. And we saw last week that the greatest thing that we need to possess in the body, all of us, is love. Love. As love has changed us, love is what's going to change each other. Love is what's going to change the world. If we are going to be marked by anything, it's going to be love. And we acknowledge, like, that's just not naturally in us. That is, that is not naturally how we act or respond. We need to be changed. And that gets into the message for today. And to help me intro the main point of today, I'm going to call on... Cheese it. uh, At Cheese It, we expect a lot from our cheese. Can you tell? Dude, I'm like twice as big. Does this have to do with Cheez-It Big Crackers being twice as big? Look, I've been blasting my pecs, my delts, lats, trapezes, abdominables, my hammies, my chammies. You didn't have to. My tri-tips. Tri-tips? Quadratraps? I don't think that's a, even a word. Flavonoid. We take the time teradaptor. for our real cheese a to mature cheese before cheese. we take it into our twice as big, big cracker. Because at <laughs> Cheez-It, real cheese matters. Now, some of you are wondering what in the world just happened there. Just like cheese, it we want to see uh, God's, God's body causes us to mature. Just like cheese, it the body of Christ is to cause us to grow and to grow up into becoming like Jesus. If you still don't get it, hang in there. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 7 through 16. If you have a Bible or Bible app, go ahead and turn there. The body of Christ should cause us to grow and mature. All of us. Starting at verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might feel all things. And he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would help us hear this truth about why, why we, you've gathered us together. Why, why are we here today? What is, what is this group of people exist for? What's to happen? What's the reason? Lord, help us hear and understand. Lord, help us to hunger after your desires. Help us to want what you want, God. Help us, Jesus, to want you. Spirit, move in our hearts and come upon me, your servant. In your name I pray. Amen. Before we jump in here, I wanted to acknowledge a special presence here in the house. We have a young lady who has not been with us for about two years because of COVID and such, and her name is Lee Jansen. Lee has not been able to be with us, and and Lee's in the back middle here, and and, uh, it's just so special to have Lee with us again. And and, uh, she's not been absent in spirit, been praying with us and for us. And you, can, you won't find a, a, a more passionate prayer warrior and a devoted lover of Jesus than Lee. And she would she would appreciate hugs too. So if you think about it, it's so good to have you here, Lee. It's so good. As we come here to this passage in Ephesians, as we read, Paul has been writing this letter to this church and explaining. The extravagance of God's love. Did you know that God's love for you is extravagant? It's not just that he, he gives love, but it, it, it goes out of, Paul goes out of his way to explain over and over how God lavishes his love. God, God gives him the riches of his love for you. It's extravagant. It's not just enough. He doesn't just meet the mark. God well exceeds it and crushes it for you. You don't deserve it. And Paul is explaining here, chapter four. The first three chapters are about this extravagant love and how it changes us. In chapter four, it transitions to how this love organizes us as a community, because God brings us together as a new society to be a light to this world, and this this love grows us, this, we're, we're an organism, the body of Christ is to grow, is to be trained in its growth on like the trellis for a vine, if you will. And so Paul's explaining this is how we are to organize ourselves. This is the direction that we are to grow in. If you go out to Round Lake Vineyards, you're gonna see these 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 trellises for the, the grapes to have grow across the vines to grow across in order the grapes hang down in order to maximize fruit in order to give access to the fruit and so paul explains here that god gives gifts so we grow we talked about how god has all gifted all of us and we have a place in the body well there's a purpose for that The body of Christ should cause us to mature. God gives gifts in order that we grow. By the grace of God, verse 7, it was given to each one of us according to to the measure of Christ's gifts. It goes on to explain that that when Christ, in accomplishing his work and creating the church, he gives us all gifts. He gives us the imagery of, of a warrior, of a king going out to battle and coming back with the spoils, and the spoils are for everybody. Everybody gets gifts. Everybody's blessed. And so in his victorious return to heaven and sitting at the right hand of God God, Jesus has equipped every single one of you with ways in which to build up the body, to help the body grow. You now in verse 11, he focuses specifically, he highlights leadership gifts. Speaking of here, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, all these gifts here are used to bring and put the word of God, the truth of God, in front of the people. It's to help us stay on course. Because we're naturally, like sheep, going to go astray, and we're going to go our own independent ways. And we need the truth of God, who we are, where we're going, why we exist. We need that constantly put in front of us. That's why God has given these leadership giftings. He goes on to explain, these particular giftings are to ensure that we have leaders in order to do what? In verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So these leadership gifts serve... To do something, to equip who? The who? The saints. Equip the saints. Who are the saints? You're the saints. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a saint. Now, for some of you coming out of the Catholic tradition, that's like, Oh, heresy! Hold on a second, I haven't done any miracles lately. No, 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 no. What makes you a saint isn't about what you do. Do you understand that? What makes you holy isn't from you or about you. It's from the one who is holy. He makes you holy. Jesus gives you his holiness. He has set you apart. The saints are the set apart ones. We're, we're those who are gods, since they are mine, they've received my love. Those who've stopped running from the goodness of God and have received the goodness of God have been made good, have been made holy. You, every single one of you, is a saint if you've received Jesus Christ and His work for you. So, what does this mean? This means that that that, that in the in the Leadership, gifting, my role as a pastor, the role of elders, for example, Pastor Friday, Pastor Jose, other leaders, we exist to equip you as the body to do the work. Who does the work? The body. This isn't something for for special people. The work of ministry, this word ministry means just service, serving God, serving the king. The work of serving the king is for everyone who's a follower of Jesus. This is so important. Do you begin to realize that once, you re- once we understand and get this, this shift away from we're some kind of social organization that it's optional for us to be a part of, to you are necessary. You are necessary. The purposes of God's kingdom cannot be accomplished unless you respond to the love of God. He has set you apart. You are significant. You have a role to play in the kingdom. Every single one of us is to do the work of ministry. So some implications from this. The body, the rest of the body, who's supposed to be built up, you see here there's some body building here, when the, way, when the saints are, are, are doing the work of ministry, verse 12, the body is built up. The body, the rest of the church, cannot grow if you are not serving. The king. Your growth causes the rest of the body to grow. Your serving causes the rest of the body to Grow. You're necessary. It's not optional. Not only are we called to serve, but we're called to receive from others. We're called to be blessed by others. Our our being in the body means that we receive the growth and the work of Jesus Christ. And others, so we can be built up. We're interconnected. We need each other. This is so important that we begin to understand this. Now, if you're needing some, some assistance and understanding, okay, how do, I, how do I serve? How do I get involved? And I, and I look over here at some of our youth and, and our young people, and, and being involved in the body of Christ doesn't have uh, a, an age. Limit. You don't need a license. It doesn't wait till you're 15 or 16. And it's been neat to see some of our youth and our kids already jumping in. You are necessary. God gives gifts so the body will grow. The body exists so that we will grow. Now that growth is in a particular direction. Bear with me here. The purpose of the body is for all of us to grow and mature, to become like Christ. We're not to just grow in some random direction, but we're to grow and becoming like Jesus Christ. Uh, some of you who uh, were around in the 80s and 90s, there was this be like Mike kind of uh, era, right? Michael Jordan. Some of you remember Michael Jordan. He was a basketball player, considered the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Some people might say LeBron James gets up there. But those of us who grew up earlier were like, hey, oh, no, nobody touches Michael Jordan. And there's this whole campaign of be like Mike, be like Mike. Whatever he drinks, whatever he eats, whatever he does, be like Mike. Do what he does. We're called to be like Jesus. Jesus is better than Mike, Amen. You can go to the next slide. Is it up there? Did it come back? There we go. There we go. We are called to be like the king of kings. The king of kings. The standard is Christ-likeness. Look at here. Until we all attain... Us together, using our gifts, being together, doing life together, serving together, growing together, is to work towards an end till we attain the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature personhood. This is not limited to men. This was a term that was used for all people. Mature adulthood, also known as, or further explained here, to the measure and the stature of... Of the fullness of Christ. This word measure is the standard. It's the, it's, it's the measuring instrument, the ruler. What are we to, what's the standard for why we exist as a church for, for where we're going and what should happen in us? What's the standard I should measure this happening in my life? Is am I becoming like Jesus? Am I growing and becoming like Jesus? Now it doesn't say here into Christ's sumness, it says the fullness. It doesn't say into the sum of Christ. It says to the fullness of Christ. All right, Some of us like to keep the standard low, right? Because as long as we keep the standard low, then we don't disappoint ourselves and others. Us men, we got to have that strategy. Like if I set the standard low at home, she's not going to expect anything of me. It's a strategy, right? We do that. We oftentimes do that in our relationship with Christ. We try to keep the standard low. I'll take a little bit of Jesus. I'll take part of Jesus. But I don't want to set myself up for failure. The reason why there's, this is a problem in our thinking, we can't fail. You see, because we're not the one doing the work. We're receiving the work being done in us. There's a reason why the standard exists. Otherwise, we won't grow because we like to we like to just kind of get to a place of plateau and just kind of rest and coast but this is a problem when we consider the significance of being Christ like the measure is the standard is the fullness of Christ is this this is something that we oftentimes we come to this and we don't even think it's like it's really that that worthy of desire like it's not that big of a deal it's really not that important It's not that, it shouldn't shouldn't cause so much passion and excitement, but let's think about this. What would happen if you were like Jesus? The the fruit of the Spirit is described as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Let's just start with the, the, the first there, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if the, all that came out of you was love. Isn't that good? Wouldn't you love to be just completely loving? Wouldn't that be amazing? To not leave behind and wonder that there is some kind of a uh, uh, wake of pain and, and hurt because I, I reacted to a situation uh, instead of responding with love. In every situation, to respond and love, to give love. Well, how about joy? Who likes joy? Any people like joy in the house? We got, a, we got like five people that like joy in the house. Come on. We got our introverts. I like joy. Come on now. Friends, there's a problem with our lack of desire. We want joy, amen? Can you imagine to have joy such that, that there's, there's nothing that can faze you? There's no circumstances that can steal joy from you there's not a cloud of darkness there is no eeyore anymore there's just a bunch of poo sorry that was really bad that came to me in the moment and some things should just that was an extroverted moment okay sorry more than what you paid for i apologize joy just think of that be like jesus who considered it joy to go to the cross you see where there is suffering in this dark place you see there is God working there's an opportunity instead you're sent, if you're sent into a room that has a pile of manure you're not going to to, to fear being contaminated by, contaminated by it but but you're that little kid who's digging through the manure saying there's got to be a pony in here somewhere you know, God is working. You have joy, love, joy, peace. I mean, who doesn't want this? When we think about it, who wants Christ's sumness? When we get down to it, just to give me just enough a little of Jesus. Friends, we've got to take in the significance of what how we're living. Because our lives indicate that we just want a little bit of Jesus. And we're missing the point, And we're missing out. Because of a lack of desire and a lack of a standard. We've got to set it up. We're to become like Jesus. Fully. Now, as the word here explains, it's about progress. There's a process. It's not going to be perfection. This life, we're not going to experience it. And so he explains here, in developmental language, that we're to no longer stay as children. Christ's likeness this, this, this journey of becoming like Christ, is a process. You can go to the next slide there. Spiritual maturity is a process evidenced by unity of the faith and the knowledge of Christ. Go to the next slide here real quick. I like this image. It, it gives the, the, the a map, if you will, of the journey. We start off as spiritual babies. We're born again. We're a baby in Christ. And as we grow in Christ, we're to grow up. To a place where, where we're, we're, no longer, we're able to feed ourselves. We, we come alongside and we feed others. But we're not independent of each other. We grow through adolescence. And we learn that we need to be interdependent. We need each other. I, as a pastor, I need you. I, can't, I need your growth in order for me to grow. I need you to pray for me. I don't need to be just praying for you. I need you to counsel me. I don't need to be just counseling you. The unity of the faith in, the, uh, in Jesus Christ. You can go to the next slide here. Go back one slide. Sorry about that. As we grow in the unity of the faith, it's this growth and understanding we need each other and we need Christ alone focusing on him. There's a tendency that Paul addresses here. We're to grow up so that we are no longer children. The problem was it, 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 not that we are children in the faith, but that we stay children in the faith. That's the problem. The problem is is we've, we, we, we stay stuck as infants and kiddos, and we don't grow up to serving and blessing others. And we're stuck in the stage of life of "Carry me! Carry me!" Or we got poopy diapers. Change my diapers. Breathe like I got one right here. <laughs> right here, right now. Illustration. I get it. <clears throat> when we stay stuck, we're, we're dead weight to the body. We're harming the body when we're not growing. And we're expecting the body to drag us along. Consider these statistics from, from Barna. 56% of Christians believe that their spiritual life is entirely private. They don't need the church. 56, more than half of people who call themselves Christians believe that their relationship with Jesus is completely private, just solo. 40% of Christians are not engaged in discipleship at all. Discipleship means they're not in any space to help them grow in Christ. Their standard is I'm going to sh- I show up. I show up. I participate, entertain me. They're not engaged in discipleship at all. 40%. Okay? If I was to have more or less which side's bigger this side stand up will represent that 40 percent of christians that are not growing they're not putting themselves in a context to grow they don't want to grow that's a reality it's a part of the problem the challenge for us friends and this is a hard truth To receive, but part of the reason why we are not able to be what Christ wants us to be is because some of you don't want Jesus. You want to be entertained, you want to be bottle fed. Your standard is just showing up, it's not becoming like Jesus. And I say that with love. We need to grow, as Paul explains. It's it's not about being the child, it's about being stuck there. This is the reason that Paul gives. If we stay stuck as a child, we're going to be influenced and deceived easily. John Stott explains this way. Children are like little boats in a stormy sea, entirely at the mercy of the wind and waves. They never seem to know their own mind or Christ's settled convictions. Excuse me, they never seem to know their own mind or come to settled convictions. Instead, their opinions tend to be those of the last preacher they heard or the last book they read, or they fall easy prey to each new theological fad. A child is not grounded themselves, they're dependent. And they're dependent upon the next charismatic, convincing, loud, Person who maybe tells them what they want to hear. But they don't know. They can't tell the difference between truth and not. Because they're not grounded in the word themselves. Are you in that place? Do you need to grow? Elsewhere. The author of Hebrew explains this problem of not growing. For though by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again, the basic principles, the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. You see, these, the people uh, being written to with the, uh, in the letter of Hebrews, they were still wearing diapers, but they should be fully grown and teaching others. This isn't a new problem that we're experiencing today. This is a problem that's existed since the beginning of the church. And we got to come to grips with that. What if your physical appearance reflected your spiritual age? What if your physical appearance reflected your spiritual maturity? Have you've been a follower of Jesus for 5 years, 10 years, 15 years and you're still wearing diapers? You're still relying on others to feed you. That's a problem. You're not able to be grounded in the Word. That you're relying on others to clean up your messes. And you only come to God when you got problems. There's more. Do you want to just stay on that cycle? you want to stay on that roller coaster? There's more for you that God has. Why don't we want to grow? Why is, why is there this epidemic of, of spiritual infancy? Like we talked about. You need, you need to address your standard, first of all. What is the standard for your life? To become like Jesus? When we get complacent, I appreciate what A.W. Tozer says. Complacency means I'm satisfied. Just, just give me enough. I don't want too much. Just give me enough. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present, or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be wanted. Do you hear that? He waits to be wanted. God has so much for you. Do you hear that, church? Do you hear that, friends? He has so much for you. There's so much more that you can even comprehend that He wants to take you into and change you into. He waits for you to want it. To want Him. Too often we mistake, we get so caught up and seeking our satisfaction and our comfort, we're in such a culture of ease and fast food and convenience, and we converted that into our relationship with God. Jesus, just make it simple, just make it easy, just make it accessible. Give me an app for that, Jesus. And I think that this little video from the movie Wally captures part of the problem of where we're at. We are spiritually obese. We are fat little babies. We got a problem. Let's move her over to the driving range and hit a few virtual balls in space. Now we did that yesterday. I don't want to do that. Well, then what do you want to do? I don't know. Something. Wow. <laughs> Make a place. Really telescope. it doesn't sound. <laughs> Week, if you can't pull the straw, right. like you, you have to do any good. But Over here. <laughs> oh. uh, hello? Hello? I'm in the tunnel. I can't hear you. Day is very important to us. Hey, drink bus. Here, take the cup. Hey, take the cup. Oh. Please remain stationary. A service bot will be here to assist you momentarily. Stewart. No! Please, Please remain help. stationary. A service bot will be here to assist you momentarily. What's yes, that? What's going on? Oh. Molly. Uh, uh John. Eva? Uh no. John. Eva. Bye, A is for Axiom, your home sweet home. B is for by and large, your very best friend. Mm-hmm. Time. In a cup. <laughs> Feel oh, you beautiful, stunning, Great. I know, honey. Yeah. Men. Attention, axiom shoppers. Try blue. It's the new red. Ooh. Hello. <laughs> oh, oh, don't get me started on the date. Every- I'm a virtual disaster. are yeah, so uh-huh. Why? Well, I know. I know <laughs> it's a pretty sad commentary on where we're at. That movie was done back in 2008, just on the beginning of smartphone technology. And consider where we're at today. We prefer our convenience and our comfort versus Christ. We expect that. Why are we not growing? Part of that comes back down to this this aim Until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, this is about Jesus. We don't grow because we lack, our view of Jesus is too small. Our view of Jesus is not desirable. Our view of Jesus does not command our commitment. As it says up here, we lack passion, desire, and commitment to grow and become like Christ because our view of Jesus is not big enough, good enough, or glorious enough. We, 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 when you are growing in your understanding of Christ, when you're in the word, when you're realizing and experiencing a relationship with him, the word know Christ, the knowledge of him, doesn't mean intellectual knowledge. It means a personal experience and encounter with him. This happens primarily through the word of God, but also through prayer and other spiritual disciplines. We don't know how big he is that he's the sustainer of all things, that he is the creator, that he is the one who's sovereign and is working all things for good. You're not, don't know that and you're not experiencing that because you're not in the word. You, you're lost in your moment and your suffering and your experiences. You can't see any meaning in it because you don't know Christ and what he's doing. You don't believe he's good enough. You don't realize he, his love is so So good and greater than anything else in this world because we continue to satisfy ourselves with lesser things. And we're not in his presence. We're not seeking his face. You see, the deeper you go into Christ, the more you're going to be changed. you got to go deeper. You're going to have to apply some spiritual sweat. But you don't have to do it alone. God's very position, Jesus' very position as God should command our praise. He's God, and we you know, it's okay, that's, that's nice, Jesus, you're God, that's good, that's good. Now, I got to go to work, now, we got to get back to that football game, we got, we got places to be, you know, we invest more in our knowledge of other people, don't we spend more time in knowing what other people are doing? Social media. Then we do annoying Christ. We spend so much time confusing that we need to do for God instead of being with Him. We miss out on the power of Jesus, of receiving it. It's Christ in you that's the power to change. You don't have to continue to ride the merry-go-round of life and seeing the same things over and over again. You can change. There's power available to you that you've never even known. You've got to go deeper into Christ and knowing him. We, we, we spend time, right? We commit to making sure our kids get our homework done. But we don't commit to making sure that they're getting soul work done. We, we invest our time and our money and our efforts and our hobbies and our recreation. But we don't invest in our own recreation. It's not that we don't have time, friends. That's not an excuse. It's an issue of priorities. It's an issue of what's important. And when we get that as a body, when we're on board together and we're unified in that, when we're in pursuit of Christ and we're passionate about it because He's worthy, because He's better. Imagine what's going to continue to happen. We're already experiencing amazing things here. You're going to hear about it next week even. But there's more for us. Isn't that amazing to consider? Isn't that exciting? There's more. There's more for you personally. There's more for us together. Tozer says this. God is so vastly wonderful. So utterly and completely delightful that he can, without anything other than himself, meet and overflow the deepest demands of our total nature. Mysterious and deep as that nature is. Do you believe that? You can go back to that quote there. Do you believe that? God can meet and overflow the deepest demands of our total nature. Today, is an invitation to step forward to believe that. To believe that. Not settle for lesser things. Not settle for that, that screen in front of you. We're going to jump right to the end here. Uh, Heidi. The body of Christ exists, just like cheese. it in order for us to be mature. We exist together to cause each other to grow in Christ. You can go to the next slide. This is a response to the extravagant love of Jesus Christ. Paul the Apostle, who wrote the letter of Ephesians here, he was on the road to Damascus in the book of Acts. Paul was formerly known as Saul. And he set out to kill Christians and stop this movement of God. His intentions... were to completely crush this false movement that he thought. And so he was literally killing, slaughtering believers. But he was arrested. Christ personally showed up right in the middle of his pursuit. And he encountered him and recognized that this is the Lord. And he encountered in that moment that God could have killed him, but God chose to save him. God could have crushed him in a judgment, but God chose to liberate him and pour out his love upon him. As the result, Paul's vision for life changed. And Listen to this from Philippians chapter 3. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all garbage so that I could gain Christ. And become one with him. Oh, go back. Become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. That passion, do you hear it? I want to invite us to close here in prayer. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. This is a prayer. Go ahead and go to the next slide. This prayer from A.W. Tozer is a prayer to invite us to realign our desires, our standard, our aim. We recognize that we, we probably don't desire fullness in Christ. That we need to start at that place where, Lord, help us to want it help us to want to desire this help us to begin lord jesus pursuing you And as you're led you can you can say these words with me as a personal prayer oh god i have tasted thy goodness and has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more i am painfully conscious of my need for further grace i am ashamed of my lack of desire O God, the triune God, I want Thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show me Thy glory, I pray Thee, so that I may know Thee indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. Say to my soul, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Then give me grace to rise and follow me up from this. Jesus, we pray That these words would be true in our hearts. Let us come after you and pursue you like you pursue us. In your name, amen.